Hey, coconuts. Hey, coconuts. How are you, Summon? I'm good. How are you, Morel? It's been a long time. Well, I guess. <laughs> yes, it has. It's been a while. Um, how was your winter break? I mean, we all just we're all getting off our winter break now. Well, my winter break was pretty like the same because I didn't really do anything and I've been on a break for a while. So nothing interesting, but I did have a lot of uh, free time, which I spent with my family and stuff. That's nice. And your family's like back together, like under one roof. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, like all the globetrotters yeah. are back under one roof now. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone's on vacation. My brother just finished university as well. So he's back as back in Dubai. So yeah, it's a full house. No room is empty. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so what else did you do during the winter break? Uh, honestly, nothing besides watching like a lot of, well, I watched the show that you told me to watch, um, <laughs> well, six episodes of it, but that was a task. <laughs> um, other than that, nothing really, like I am reading a book and, um, yeah, just normal stuff. Nothing really. You really? tell me, I know you had an interesting winter break. <laughs> I, I did. I did. And, and I know that you had a similar theme to it as well, because you went to the desert mm -hmm. and you went for a day trip. Would you like to tell our lovely listeners about that uh yeah sure so i went on a day trip to uh a, a, actually we went to a restaurant it was called 1484 puro which uh -huh. is on um on like the highest peak in dubai like the highest mountaintop and that was interesting like you know we uh drove there and it was like around like a three hour drive and no actually it was like two hours and stuff and my dad like let all of us like take 60 kilometers at least you know and we like drove that so like i started off by driving and then my brother drove and then my sister drove and then finally my dad drove like at the like the where the mountain starts he did the ring roads and like whatever like the scary part he did yeah that. um so that was really fun um and oh my god in the middle because my dad like started like rating our drivings he was like he gave me like 10 out of 10 for um no, he gave me 9 out of 10 for, like, just, like, general driving. And then he gave me, like, 9 out of 10 for safety. But the rest of my siblings, like, Kamza got, like, 0 out of 10 for safety. Because, <laughs> because he, like, put it on cruise mode, like, the car on cruise mode. Right. At, like, 140. Like, the speed was 140, and he was, like, cruising through it. And it was just no. so freaking scary because, like, the, the car was, like, swerving from right to left. Oh, my God. It was, like, actually traumatizing. And my dad was just, like, stop, like, you know. And so he got a 0 out of 10, which I think he deserved yeah. and then my sister um so with my sister what would happen was like every time we like pass something she would just be like oh what's the speed limit for this and then she'd like you know start slowing down because she would like keep forgetting and she was like you know kind of like going fast slow fast slow so it was like uncomfortable as well so oh, she no. got like a three out of ten or something <laughs> then, like I felt like my dad was starting like a hunger game kind of situation because everybody was just like hey that's not fair like you know we were getting like really upset <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing I love yeah. it I love it when like parents decide to start rating people like their children's like food and like the way they generally are <laughs> it's it's hilarious um mm -hmm. yeah we did yeah. we did a funny rating as well so like during my winter break I was mostly at home and I did binge watch the show that we are going to be talking about today which is Bridgerton but what <laughs> <laughs> Drum roll. but what um what we did was well we went on a spontaneous uh girls trip and so I have this habit of calling our family friends fake cousins 
well, someone you're more of a sister to me, you're not really yeah. a cousin, but yeah, like, I mean, I have, like, we have these fake cousins, and uh, one of them's 19, and uh, she's currently in Jutta, the other one's 21, she's currently in Riyadh, so we thought it would be a fun time for us to sort of just go there for, like, a weekend, and it was amazing, I mean, it was so cold in Riyadh, we had a great time, it dropped to, like, four degrees at one point as well, oh, wow. We were not prepared for it because we were coming from like a city where, you know, it never goes below 20 degrees, man. Um, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was it was pretty great. And we we were exploring Adriya, um, which is like the old city in Riyadh, which was built before Riyadh was there. So it was it's it's cute. Even though it was close for construction, that's where like Riyadh season was happening. That's where like they had all these concerts and stuff last year. Well, oh, wow. last to last year. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I keep right. canceling 2020 in my head. Um, but as you should. <laughs> as I should, right? Yeah. So, yeah, like, we had a really good time. And, and I love that you went on a day trip to the desert as well, like, the very mm-hmm. next day. Yeah. So It's so Middle Eastern of us, you know? Like, our trips are to the <laughs> desert, like, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, one of my friends said something so interesting, and I, and, um, and I love this girl. I... I I don't know if I should say, I'll say her name, Leanne Al-Baba. She's amazing. Like we were, we were interning together at a therapy center and she just casually goes, you know, what's interesting is that the more development man lives in, regardless of how developed a city you're in, you all, you always find peace whenever you're around nature. Like you want to go back to the desert, you want to explore the beach, you it's always it always has to do with something natural like I don't know anyone who's just like oh man I'm so tired of what's going on in my life I need to go to the skyscraper in Dubai like right 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 yeah I fully understand that that is so true um yeah because I guess like um like mankind like evolved from like being foragers and like you know just like looking for food and nature and like that was like our basic genetic makeup was used to so like yeah you're right you do feel like one with yourself the most in nature um I I would like if I'm thinking back to my favorite like trips and like you know adventures I've had they've always been like you know when we went hiking in Canada we went to this park where we like hiked for like literally 10 kilometers and it was the most beautiful area ever it was all just like you know nature not like your phones couldn't connect there because there was no network or whatever but it was just so much fun and like I think I've found the most peace that I've ever had in in like a in a place like that like you know not not in a city I generally don't even like cities that much Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I completely agree like the the one thing that I the one day honest to god the one day that I treasure most in in Karachi like the the two years I was in Karachi for I think I was there for almost three years the, the one day that I treasure most is when um, our mutual friend Aisha told me that, hey, my college is going on a trip to Ranikot, which is um, basically a jewel of Pakistan. It's kind of like the Great Wall of Pakistan instead of the Great Wall of China. Very similar architecture, very similar makeup. But we just went there and it was like some it was literally there was like no no commercial area whatsoever to the point that our phones didn't connect to anything. And it was so quiet. It was so peaceful. I could hear my heartbeat. Right, right. Yeah. And the only time I was able to do that was when I went, like, partially deaf with you on life, in our life trip. Don't give us for that. <laughs> you, it had nothing to do with you. But we had a really good time. I remember, like, for some reason, yeah. we were watching a movie while I was, like, partially deaf and I couldn't hear anything. But... 
yeah like I was thinking back to like Renico and I was like that was like the most peaceful day ever because I was my phone was literally chucked in my bag and I had no worries about you know where my family was my family knew where I was they were kind of terrified that they couldn't reach me but I mean it was just it was so liberating liberating yeah that's so perfect disconnecting yeah Yeah. it was it was beautiful like it was an interior sin we needed like um a police escort to get us there because there are a lot of like mafia gangs down there apparently but it was just it was so wonderful like um I think there were about only like seven families that were there and we had to like measure out how far apart they were because the students were supposed to build a well um they were supposed to work on the irrigation system but yeah like it was it was pretty cool all right let's get back to this show Bridgerton by the way (laughs) wait one second how long were you in Riyadh for like how many days were you there for oh I was in Riyadh for like um I went there once I think three whole days like I spent all of Wednesday Thursday Friday and then Saturday morning and I came back like afternoon okay I know I cut you off but like no it's fine so I've never actually been to Riyadh, even though I lived in Saudi Arabia my whole right, life. Right, right. Yeah. I've actually never been there. So, like, what else did you do besides going to the desert? And, like, how did you think the city compared to Jeddah? Like, was it better? Um, if I'm really honest, and um, I apologize that I, I do do this a lot, but Riyadh felt like it was, like, Jeddah mixed with Dubai. Oh, like really? I would say it was like 75% Dubai and the and it's Riyadh is so massive I underestimated how how big it was like I honestly thought it was you know because I hear people say that you know Riyadh is literally nothing Jeddah's the Jeddah's the bomb Jeddah's awesome yeah. and uh, like Jeddah's the Karachi and Riyadh is like Islamabad like you know the retirement home <laughs> of uh, KSA <laughs> but honestly like Riyadh was so I mean, I know that Jeddah is pretty diverse, but Riyadh has like a range, you know, like you go there and you feel like even though you'll see women in like black abayas and then you'll see women who are somewhat in like partial abayas with like their hair open or whatever, you'll see escape rooms. Oh, my God, I went to this amazing escape room. Terribly, terribly complicated for Jack the Ripper, but it was so much fun. And even like the the employees that were working with us were women and they were walking around without their abaya, without a scarf. And it was, it was, it was so interesting. Yeah. And we were allowed to take our abayas off as well. Um, I just found it so interesting. I used to think that Riyadh was like a lot more strict. Like I really definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I was telling my, I'm sorry to cut you off. I was telling my um, family, like, so we were staying over at one of our dear family friends house. And I was telling um, auntie that, you know, I feel like Riyadh's that child that got like a little inch of freedom and just went crazy like it just went nuts because it's crazy like someone honestly like every single place you go to every single mall is one of the biggest malls you would have seen like every other mall you'll see is like oh this is bigger than the last one oh my god Mm -hmm. it's bigger than the last one it always has something different to offer and everyone's like ready to you know be like snuggled up in in the open air considering like it's super cold they're like open fires here and there it's it was it was amazing and the roads yeah the roads were massive like I mean there were they were as big as highways over here and it was so clean I think it was just one area that I saw like a garbage bag on the on the road but other than that it was just super clean like even the cats looked healthier I I don't know what it was but I thoroughly enjoyed Riyadh (laughs) 
that is a really good um like if the cats are healthy that means the country is doing well the city is doing well <laughs> yeah yeah like so, the yeah i guess you're right out. in the comparison that yeah like but yeah yeah so i i mean i felt like it was a lot like dubai like even uh zara our lovely fake cousin she herself would forget she's like sometimes i keep i keep forgetting that i'm in real i keep thinking i'm in dubai and i was like honestly same here like Mm-hmm. it's just everything's so secure everything's so clean everything's just so cute and neat you know like it just fits in like a nice jigsaw puzzle that I felt like I was in in Dubai so which yeah. made me miss you more because you're in Dubai yeah. so yeah I was kind of jealous like I was telling my sister like I was like I want to go to Riyadh too like they look like they're having so much fun <laughs> we did we did honestly we we had the most fun rating Zainab on um how she was a hostess like we just started joking around how like she's a concierge on a budget and like she's sleeping in our room <laughs> constantly and she's burning our breakfast but she was no I'm kidding she was such a lovely host like it was it was honestly it was like home away from home as well so it was it was really That's nice really sweet. yeah <laughs> I hope one day we can all go together <laughs> yeah inshallah yeah I hope that yeah i mean we wanted to do more things but obviously pandemic <laughs> so we right. were we would need to go go-karting so badly but like that's like a whole like gear you have to wear and you don't know how many people have like worn that you don't know how it's been sanitized right. one thing right. that did intrigue intrigue me though was that everyone was checking our temperature but when i got to the airport um mm-hmm. no one checked our temperature Oh my God. <laughs> no one checked no one checked my temperature when I was um at the Riyadh airport no one checked it when I was boarding the plane no one checked it when I got off the plane in Jeddah and obviously like you can just walk out because it's a domestic flight um so Jeddah, Jeddah people didn't feel the need to check it because hey if she's healthy enough to travel she's fine um right, right. You know, so that's it's like, so crazy so they've gotten a bit lenient I guess with like um, yeah the yeah, yeah even though they shouldn't because it's like at the worst now yeah trains being discovered and like I don't even know what else I know it's crazy (laughs) insane I I honestly I do think that the temperature checker person glorified temperature checker was um probably on a breakfast break or probably on a bathroom break when I just like walked in with like you know Noel on one side and Zara on the other but yeah actually I heard that they have like cameras or something that like they do they do but but again, so we didn't like see that. Or maybe, like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. You never know what technology. There's so much happening. Yeah. <laughs> I could be a robot right now. So many wouldn't know it. <laughs> Damn, yeah, because you're so far away as well. I can't tell. Yeah, like imagine if I like detach my head right now and be like, oh, <laughs> this needs to charge. <laughs> traumatizing. Yeah, that would be traumatizing. Oops. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about this amazing show that I binged and finished yeah. and you watched 75% of? Yeah. Uh, 80%. Watched... I'd say 80%. 80%. Yeah. I'm on the sixth episode. I haven't, I've like only started it. I haven't finished it. So I have six, seven, and eight left. But mm. I feel like I watch majority of it. So I am, and I'm going to learn through you now, like when we discuss <laughs> it <for> a little bit. <laughs> amazing. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So um, what did you find out about Bridgerton that you went to share with us? <laughs> okay so like um well I do I did learn that it was set in the 1813s I think yeah yeah um, yeah and it's like uh, in a pretend a uh, town uh, in England I presume um and then like 
okay so basically oh my god i read this really funny thing it was like uh it was like uh this is what american people see british society as like the show was based like it was the viewpoint <laughs> of an american of what like british society would look like because it wasn't like really i don't assume that the victorian era was anything like this so it was definitely through the eyes of, a, Amer of an american who just like glorified it a little bit so um which i think it was so true because like just i don't know like watching the show it just made me feel like it was just too romanticized like it wasn't like any form of like authenticity to it like i don't know yeah 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 <laughs> I, you yeah. know i i love that you said that because i thought like because it was done by shonda Rhimes um and it was with like shonda land production yeah. i was expecting more of like a how to get away with murder ish oh yeah that would be amazing to it. yeah like i was i was thinking it would be like cluedo <laughs> mixed with like you know pride and prejudice but yeah. it was a lot like gossip girl mixed with pride yeah. and prejudice so yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm glad that you agree <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and another thing i read was that um uh to get like a more like a feminine uh genre like to like to appeal to more like ladies um sh like shonda and her people discovered that like girls really like shows in which men are dressed in like old time like attire like i don't know if that's true or not but like i feel like it's kind of logical like it's some there's something about like somebody wearing like ten thousand petticoats <laughs> and like you know like a suit and just like walking really like upright and like you know talking about uh, uh defending honor and stuff i don't know it sounds it looks pretty cool maybe it is true like she's onto something <laughs> maybe but yeah like i i guess you you basically um said the key word over there defending a woman's honor like that's something that um that is a very attractive quality in a man mm -hmm. right anyone who's like walking around upright but i i think i honestly think like if they're walking around uptight it's because they're wearing so many clothes that they yeah, literally yeah, cannot slouch definitely, <laughs> definitely yeah yeah no, <laughs> And yeah, their yeah. like clothes just seem like they're so so freaking tight. Like I can't imagine like there's enough wiggle room at all. Yeah, there's no wiggle room. Like I was thinking, like oh my god, I don't think anyone actually has like um a tummy at oh, all yeah. because everyone's been like designed <laughs> to basically fit the corset and like fit like yeah. certain like whatever they have to wear. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, what else did I learn? Like just random back uh, story type stuff. Um. I think that was it. Oh, my favorite character in the six episodes that I've watched. Um, well, yeah, I think I liked. I really liked Eloise. Uh, I know. Oh, you really I love her. her. Well. Yeah. yeah, I really liked her, and I really liked the mom, like a uh, Daphne's mom, because I feel like she was like very. Um, she was just a very kind woman. <laughs> like she mm -hmm. was, she was cool. I really liked her, and she was like the type of person that was like listening to Daphne. Like she wasn't just like, you know forcing her into something like the other lady I forgot what her name was Featherton or whatever Lady Featherington yeah yeah her yeah. she wasn't like that um okay yeah you know what I'm just talking about like random stuff why don't you give um our listeners a little bit of a backstory about like what the show <laughs> actually was about because <laughs> I just gave them random facts that they probably didn't know about <laughs> well I mean the show is the show is what it is but I mean I I was watching so I'm anyone who knows me knows that I'm kind of like obsessed with TikTok not making them but just watching them they're quite I feel they're quite entertaining but also quite educational so there's this one TikToker or TikTok celebrity whatever you may call um her name's Bezo Sorority she is hilarious I love her she's Pakistani she grew up in England and she kind of broke it down for us and I'd love to repeat some of the things that she said I do have her permission for this um <laughs> 
Is she said that she said that Bridgerton was basically like a mirror image of Pakistani and brown culture. Okay, and it's it's interesting that like she kind of broke it down with every single character. And she said, like, if you look at Daphne, Daphne is literally one of those girls. And and I'm sure you and I both know people like this who are just like, ah, my life literally revolves around one moment, like one, you know, one stolen kiss or like one proposal. And and that's it. My life is done. Like my only goal in life was just to get married. And then um, and then there's Anthony, who's, you know, the boy, like basically the, the Pakistani Lerka, who's basically engaged his cousin, but has a girlfriend secretly on the on the down low. And, and then there's Sienna, who was also trying to keep like this relationship secret, but knows that, you know, he's not man enough to stand up to like his um his parents and like the responsibilities and the duties. Right, right. So in, in that term, like in that sense, it did feel a lot like brown culture. And then we've got Benedict. Um, obviously, he wants to pursue an art career. And I think he was pretty okay. Like, I actually enjoyed his scenes where he was, like, criticizing the the art by the artist. And then oh, the yeah. artist happened to be there next to Lady Danbury. And, and <laughs> he's like, oh, <laughs> oops, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. And he's like, no, no, it's totally fine. And then they actually, like, went on um a bit of an art workshop yeah they became friends and they and he was he was basically telling him that you know um there are plus points to being the younger brother because you don't have to uphold the family name and and you can get away with whatever you want I found that so relatable like I relate to that so much there is so much pressure on like me you yeah because we're the and we do not have the wiggle room to make mistakes and like you know all of that kind of stuff it's yeah I really like that line that speech that he gave was relatable as heck so relatable and it's not even like that you and I don't have wiggle room I feel like you and I just don't have the I mean obviously you and I um have done things that we wanted to do and our parents you know there was a bit of like uh, headbutting over there but obviously like you know they they were okay with it at the end because they are products of the society that they grew up with but I feel like our siblings because they had us as like the shield to mm-hmm. sort of, like I know for a fact that like my sister can get away with murder at this point you know and right. and I know that if she if she decides to like um do a couple of things like for example overstay like if she decides to stay at her place at her friend's place for like till like 2 a.m she would be completely okay with it whereas I would start like nervously like sweating if it's like 11 30 I'd be like oh my god it's so late it's so late even though my parents won't actually say anything it's just it's weird like I feel like it it was so ingrained in me as a child that even though my parents are now over it I'm just like I'm not over it yeah so. I, I like I agree with you I feel the same way like I just yeah I abide by their rules that they had set on me when I was like a teenager yeah as if it's still like the law like I just can't yeah. like I, I'm just too scared to break it because yeah and my siblings don't care like honestly and they know that I would defend them if like my parents mm-hmm. started like telling them off or whatever I know I would stand up for them but, like I oh, I guess like maybe because like no one st- stands up for us and we just feel like <laughs> <laughs> we just feel like we have to stand up for ourselves and therefore yeah. we just like, follow every like rule to the T yeah, or at least yeah. try our best but we get like really scared if we don't like I guess you and I like try to carefully maneuver things around to see if we can like do you get me like if we could get our parents on the same page whereas like our younger siblings would be like okay if they if they're not getting it it's totally fine we're not right. affected by it it's not hurting them in any way so like yeah. let's just carry on whereas like you and I are just like no let's keep everyone on the same wavelength yeah so yeah 
Yeah, yeah, keep everyone happy. And then, like, obviously, Eloise, oh, my God, I loved Eloise. I love her so much. I think the one scene that is so iconic was after she speaks to to Penelope about Marina, and then she comes and she's like, mother, just how exactly do you have a child? I'm obviously paraphrasing. I'm obviously doing a terrible terrible um enactment but it was it was so funny and then she sits in between her brothers and I found that so cute she's just like well I guess the two of you know and and they're just like oh we're gonna go out or whatever and the mom's just like stop stop filling her head with dirty things and and they're like miss oh sorry not miss mom we're just gonna go out and play with our sticks and everyone's like oh oh yeah that was really funny I love that episode. I I mean, I love yeah. that scene so much. I think I watched it like three times and I was laughing throughout. It was so funny. Um, <laughs> I love Eloise. I love how she, I, I love that she's so relatable because she's one of those girls who has like so much potential and she wants to do things. And she's always got her nose in a book and she's trying to like figure things out in society. And she wants to go and pursue education and do things. But um, either society or her family would not allow that for that to happen because obviously when the when the season did um and Eloise was basically uh supposed to have like a coming out party as well like she was supposed to come out as the debutante yeah kind of thing so So like she had to she she did and (laughs) that's actually pretty funny I think it was like the last episode where she had to go to um a concert and she was Mm -hmm. quite she was quite flustered and flabbergasted because she found out that Lady Whistledown um, got her thing. Like she found out from the Queen's people, the Queen's um, really like, I don't know, like the popo type of like servant that, that she had. He basically let her know that, oh, we know that where Lady Whistledown basically prints her ma- her newspaper and we're going to go and um, ambush her. And it's at this point, and that's when she turns around and she's trying to like get out of this, um, this concert, but then she goes up to Benedict and she's like, how long is this going to be for? And he's like, I think it's about three hours, but then he looks at it and he's like, but I feel like I'm getting a headache. So I've had quite enough. So I want to leave. And she's like, you are absolutely my favorite brother. (laughs) I I love that, that connection that they had. And, and she was so convinced that it was Lady um, Delacroix that was the, the tailor, the seamstress. Oh, right, right. that she was Lady Whistledown, which made sense because Lady Delacour, as, as Biso um, also has, I'm just going to call Biso, not Biso sorority, but as she has also pointed out that she's kind of like the Daisy Taylor who knows all like the secrets that's happening like in the in-laws and the houses because she gets to go to people's houses. And I mean, she gets to, she get me like, I mean, it's, it's quite awkward when someone's trying to like measure you for clothes. And you just start awkwardly like babbling about like your life or whatever. And, and you just find everything out. Like, it's crazy. Right. She could have been Gossip Girl, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And like, you would know that like every single person from like all families went to her. Like, you know what I mean? She was like the main tailor. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I do understand it. Like uh, multiple girls, like when they were going through their coming outs or whatever, they all went to her. Yeah. They obviously, like, some other, you know, secure insecurities or whatever, like, you know. So I do get it. Like, I understand. And also she would know their sizes. So she would know who's exactly. pregnant. Who's exactly. Pregnant. I was just going to say yeah. that. She, she picked up on like Marina um, being pregnant because she's like, yeah. has your size increased? Like, how did that yeah. happen? Um, has your illness made you chubbier? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> uh, which is pretty funny. And then obviously like with Marina, there's like Lady Feather- Featherington, which is, 
you know, she's like the auntie who basically got married into money and she wants mm-hmm. to uphold that status. And her daughters obviously don't don't fit the image of society of like elite uh, upper class or like the one percenters. And and she knows she's going to have like problems with like colorism or with um, weight issues. Like I know some people who are kind of like, oh, yeah, she's great, but she can't speak in English. And, and that is unfortunately a you know, uh, a factor that weighs in pretty heavily and it's just like, oh, okay, no, it's, it's not going to work out. Um, or if the person can't dress, like, can you imagine someone who speaks properly, um, but they can't do makeup or they can't really dress properly? Like, imagine if you're telling me like, oh, it's a black tie event and I show up in like this bichois shalwar with like, you know, a, <laughs> a tank top with like a little like random like hoodie on it. You'd just be like, dude, like, are you on drugs? Like, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Right, right, right. So yeah, Lady Federington was pretty funny. Um, I felt really bad for her at the end of it, though. My absolute oh my gosh, favorite, I though. Till, I can't yeah. wait till, like, um, I'm going to ask you, like, a million questions because I want to know yeah, yeah. without, oh like, God. actually watching it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I probably will still watch it, but mm-hmm. I want to hear your, like, take on it as well. Yeah. Like, um, Okay, so basically, um, I get it. Like, okay, so there's, like, all these daughters that are coming out, like, because they're off age, and they have to, like, go to multiple different balls and, like, you know, whatever. I kind of like the idea that, like, um, in the beginning that Simon and uh, Daphne had, like, you know how, like, they were going to pretend that they were in a yeah. relationship just so she gets, like, more suitors and, like, you know, because it's true, men really get, like, jealous of that. Like, they are, they're always in competition or something. Yeah, yeah. Within, with themselves because they just are, like, more competitive, I guess, um, with, with each other. And then, like, you know, obviously, like, if uh, the lady Danbury sees him with a girl, like, she'll think, like, okay, he's found someone so, like, the other ladies won't, like, bother him as much. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was a really smart, like, ruse that they planned. Um so that was good and um I did like I really like literally like in the first like 10 minutes I knew they were gonna fall in love in like yeah. one second. like there was no question about it like <laughs> um Simon, so, yeah, Simon's yeah. great I love Simon's character honestly like mm-hmm. Simon and Lady Danbury are just like I I love them they're so yeah. nice <laughs> yeah and I liked uh that they gave him like such a tragic like backstory too mm-hmm. like you know with his dad being so like not nice and stuff yeah. And um, uh, so, like, I understand where his fears for marriage came and, like, why he didn't want to have kids and stuff. Yeah. But anyways, uh, yeah, like, he overcomes all of that. Um, my questions are about uh, Marina, because the last episode <laughs> I watched was uh, was where she was like, oh, yeah, I'll, like, seduce Colin and, like, I'll make him think that, like, the baby's his and stuff. And um, I thought that was really rude because Colin seemed like such a cute little kid and I felt <laughs> so bad because like I can tell that Penelope was like fully in love with him mm-hmm. so like I want to know that what happens like do they get together does she tell him that she's pregnant does Lady Whistledown like reveal her secret <laughs> what is Marina's arc <laughs> okay so basically Marina's like great and for those who haven't um watched the show yet Marina is a distant relative of the Featheringtons and she grew up on a farm and they all assumed she'd be like um, a hillbilly and sort of like uncultured. And uh, in walks in Marina as this elegant, beautiful girl. You know, she's yeah. she's she's gorgeous. Honestly, like I was just like, holy crap, like mashallah, this girl is amazingly beautiful. Yeah, yeah, she was very beautiful. And yeah, so she uh, she walks in and she's just perfect. She's got perfectly good manners, but 
obviously with every single amazing character, there is a bit of a dark secret. And hers was that she had fallen in love with a boy while um, going to church because those would be like long sermons and that's how they started bonding. And she was pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, that was supposed to be more celebratory. (laughs) But like, (laughs) Um, yeah. And the thing is like the guy was obviously white which is why she didn't really hesitate when it was just context clues like he was obviously white which is why she was so comfortable like thinking of like seducing Colin because um colorism would not be an issue and then uh he had basically gone to go fight in the war or the fight um I can't remember what battle was going on but he he was a soldier and she was writing him letters and what had happened was Lady Featherington being uh the terrible <laughs> I just I mean I don't know what to call her I mean I know that she's she's definitely you know like hell hath no fear like a woman scorned and I feel like oh, wow. Featherington was so scorned by society for like not having I mean everyone would make fun of her dress sense everyone would make fun of like the colors that she would wear even Lady Delacour was just like um it was easier to make the clothes that you wanted because no one wanted this fabric at all and like people are hinting out like dude you're terrible like you have right. three daughters and they're all disasters at this point except for Pen- Penelope um but Penelope was like her own like <laughs> she's like a whole mountain of horrors as well but yeah so what she did was like she had obviously like um forged a signature and broke their long distant relationship off which yeah, compelled so Marina sad. yeah it was I very very upsetting pretended that that soldier like her boyfriend um like you know doesn't want her anymore so I'm guessing like she did have a true love like you know the way she was claiming that she did yeah but like um yeah so because initially I really did think that he replied back saying that he didn't care yeah. and then like find out that it was her and her maid that did it it was so sad I was like oh that's you know and then when that was, happened like, yeah sorry oh, when right. when that happened I I knew that was Lady Featherington behind this because she was so sure that this was gonna blow up and I was like you are either going you have either gone through a very similar experience or you are going to do something to make sure that happens so yeah Yeah. it was very upsetting when that happened but but basically what happens is and I'll tell you really quickly she did get engaged to Colin it was awkward in the beginning um the families were trying to meet up Anthony was still not amused with this like he actually said the the words like oh if this is about wetting your willy then I should have taken you somewhere else but and that's when Colin being the cute gentlemanly man he is he's like how dare you you know um question the honor of uh, of me and my and my wife and like my betrothed and everything it was just it was very sweet however he because he flirts so openly and he knows girls are friendly with him he couldn't tell that Penelope was so obviously in love with him right. and what happens was uh Penelope tra- kept trying to hinting it out and Marina told her like you know, I understand that you like him and I apologize that this has to happen, but you need to understand the circumstances that I'm facing. And I kind of understand where she's coming from. I didn't think what she did was selfish because mm. I knew, like, obviously, like, this is based off of, like, me just happily being optimistic that Colin would be a very um, loving father and he wouldn't question it. Like, he wouldn't question it because... Not- but like it's kind of unfair on him that he didn't even like he wasn't even given the choice but that's me like that I don't know what happens after like did um yeah, Marina yeah. have a conversation with Penelope See, that, and like apologize to her kind of thing 
I mean, so this, so what happened was she, she did apologize um, and she kept telling Penelope to like back off and Penelope was very hurt, which is when she lashed out at Eloise and there was like this random drama that was happening during which Eloise got um, hired by the queen to find who Lady Whistledown was. And what had happened was that um, Lady Whistledown sent out an article the very next day that Marina was pregnant. Ah. and everyone found out like everyone found out and um obviously the the featherington name was dragged through the mud and they said a bunch of different things about them um not so much about like their finances but they did they did hint at you know they can't maintain staying over here so they were sort of like the black sheep of society and they weren't invited to the queen's lunch the best thing was the best hint was um so featherington's weren't allowed at the queen's brunch or luncheon or whatever. And Lady Featherington did not, sorry, Lady Whistledown did not write anything about said brunch. Oh. Yeah, so it was it was a massive hint to Eloise that, you know, yeah. someone is, some the- it's someone who's either like in their staff or someone who's constantly going in and going out. And her only, yeah. um, and her best assumption was that it was Lady Delacour because, you know, she had the ins and outs to like every single household like you and I already discussed. And it was probably her who figured out that Marina was pregnant because of her increasing weight size. Um, But it was, what was amazing was that because of this scandal, our our newlyweds, um, Daphne and Simon, were compelled to sort of come back. And Daphne um, had a conversation with Colin and Colin said that I wish to have an audience with Marina. And she she arranged this. She's like, I'm going to chaperone this, which I thought was so funny. And I really have to talk about this because I get so, I don't, I'm not going to say triggered, but I find it so ridiculous that a girl could have the stupidest thing to say and it will be, it will be classified as stupid, but if she's got a ring on her finger, it's suddenly okay. Right, right. Right. Yeah, like Daphne. Course. Yeah. Daphne was um, younger than Colin and yeah. she had just recently been married, but for some reason, because she decided to chaperone her older brother's meetup with his ex fiance, it was mm-hmm. all okay. That's so, so I was weird. Kind of like, yeah. It's weird because, like, I remember she did not like having Anthony chaperone her and, like, you know, be in her business all the time. Exactly. And then, like, now that she's married, she's like, thinks she can do the same thing. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, Double it was standard. weird. Double standards. But I, I like how Daphne approached the matter as well. Like, she showed quite a bit of maturity. Um, Mm -hmm. she spoke to she was watching them talk and Marina basically told him the whole story about how she um sorry she she kind of she's upset that she had to trick Colin into doing this but this was her current circumstances and Colin said these beautiful words he's like what hurts most is that you didn't even trust me enough to tell me because I would have accepted the child regardless yeah that's what I was that was my issue with her like why didn't she say it like if she had given him a choice then it's all fair like fun and games like now like it's it's honest and it's like fair yeah yeah but like she wasn't even in the circle like you know and yet she wants to marry him it sounded like weird like you know yeah and and I and I kind of understand where she's coming from because her father sent her away to live with the Featheringtons for a match because he himself was done with her like she actually said this in a scene and um the poor girl like she was she basically made this random tea and she got really sick because she tried to abort the child on her own oh god and she was convinced that she did because she got really sick and she was throwing up 
um and she couldn't feel any like movement movement in her belly so she just assumed that the child had died and holesta was over um but then obviously she uh was still pregnant and it got pretty awkward but then um with every character that suffers something amazing comes about because Daphne reached out to Marina and she did speak to her and and she was asking inquiring about this boyfriend and she's like I don't know what to do I don't know how to say this I don't know what to do um how can we track him down because I've sent him letters and he hasn't responded so I can't remember if Penelope had at that point found out that the mother had already forged the signature or if it was if it was even happening because at that point um I just remember Marina took all of his letters and just burnt them she's like there's no point it's rejected and the baby is not even in this world anymore so there's no point um but Daphne being you know the really <laughs> outgoing girl that she is she tracked um a mat a battle something oh my god I'm forgetting the term but he's basically like the HR of like soldiers I guess I don't really remember what his position was but she she met his wife on a you know married woman only party held by Lady Danbury and she requested that um could you please find the soldier we are looking for him and with that we found out that the soldier had actually died oh no yeah. and that's why all the letters were um were not responded to because right. yeah and when the brother was clearing out his uh his brother is also a soldier and when the brother was clearing out his his letters he found an uh, he found a half written letter to marina expressing his happiness for the child oh god or something so like sad. that it's so yeah. upsetting it was so sad so he because he and then the, this is what i liked about the brother even though he didn't have that much of um he didn't have that much screen time but he came in and he said that listen my family has ruined your family name so mm-hmm. i would and while my brother isn't alive to care for you i would like to care for you oh wow and marina rejected him because she what? thought she wasn't pregnant because <laughs> she said oh. that she's like i'm not pregnant anymore so like you don't need to do this like i'm free to live my life um yeah. but ding 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 she was pregnant and I'm going to tell you what happened in the last episode because but she came up to Lady Featherington and she she asked her how how did you marry like how have you lived a loveless marriage and she said that you know you you like the little things and then you fall in love with the children you have the babies okay. they make everything better and yeah. uh that's the last that we hear of uh, Marina because in the last scene not the last scene but I guess like the third last scene she is um seen getting boarding uh, a carriage with the brother with the brother to get married oh, the uh, the, uh, the soldier's the brother, brother. Yeah, of her boyfriend. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Not uh, not Colin. Colin's like completely out of the picture, right? Colin's completely out of the picture. Colin okay. has decided that, you know, he because Penelope kept saying that why are you getting married? Remember you said you went to travel? Mm-hmm. Remember you went you said you went yeah. to travel? And that's what happened. Um he went up to Penelope when Penelope wanted to express her love to him. Um right. and he's like I have something to tell you I'm traveling um it was you that reminded me of my aspirations oh to travel so I'm traveling oh and god. he is seen traveling off oh, oh my no. god it's so, so much happy like I guess episode. like I guess it like she kind of like deserved it because <laughs> she like yeah. really tried to break them apart and then like she you did. know he like ends up traveling and she yeah. didn't even get 
tell him that she likes him. Um, what do you call it? Oh, another character that I was like super interested in was Anthony. Like I did not like him, so I just kind of want to know what his arc was. Like, who does he end up with, or does he not get married? He doesn't. So the season ends with him saying that he is ready to get married, but it's gonna be a loveless marriage because he doesn't believe that he could fall in love again. And that's when like Simon and Daphne look at each other and. And Simon's like, uh, he'll learn, you know, maybe he'll learn. And Daphne's like, maybe he won't. But let's see, like, hopefully there is hope. But uh, obviously, Sienna left him. Like, he came, he came back for Sienna. Daphne becomes like an auntie of like Bridgerton. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) she becomes, she becomes like the smart, wise auntie. Although I'm going to be honest, I, I felt really bad for what she had to go through. Like, even though I really like the mom and I love that all the siblings are alphabetically named. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I, I didn't like how her mother was not open about marital relations. Oh, yeah. 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 Because yeah, did that get... was such an awkward conversation yeah. on the bed when like when she was asking her questions, but the mom was not like open enough to give her any answers. Yeah. She didn't tell her anything. But like, and also, if you're getting your daughter married, you should give her like some kind of like idea of what she's getting into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for really, sure. Uh, and you know, like, I think uh, a lot of Pakistani communities are like that too. They're very secretive about it. Because yeah. I remember, like, um, when I was like a lot younger, and um, when my cousins would get married or whatever, my like my family would just be like, "Oh, when those girls are like talking about stuff, like you're not supposed to be in the room. Like, <laughs> like yeah. get out." I was, like, so like yeah it was like that we like legitimately never learned anything about I mean like obviously like for us like because like now because of social media and like movies and blah 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 (laughs) uh, we're a lot more aware of like what life is like or whatever but I feel really bad for like people our parents age like like our moms like they probably didn't know anything (laughs) yeah probably like Daphne yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah. Uh, her anger towards her mother was completely justified because um, Daphne was all out of sorts. Like when she she assumed that the reason why Simon didn't want children was because he couldn't have children. Yeah. She she didn't realize that it was his choice. Yeah. And and also like even with um, the mom, like she didn't clearly tell her what really happened yeah. for you to basically have a child. Like, she didn't yeah. tell her about anything. She's like, when you are as man and woman, you will see. It's like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. I don't understand yeah. at all what you're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Which goes back to, I feel like, I mean, it shouldn't be taboo. I guess I know that there's, like, a certain, like, in, in our culture, it's a certain, like, oh, we don't openly talk about it. But, um, I mean, it I know for a fact that it shouldn't, it be, shouldn't taboo. be taboo. Yeah, it yeah. shouldn't be between mom and daughter, definitely. Like, you know, like, yeah. I'm not saying, like, you know, you sit in your living room and talk about it with everyone, like, yeah. your whole family sitting down, you know? Like, no, <laughs> but between, like, a mom and daughter, like, come on, just, like, let us know, bro. Like, Yeah, yeah. At least know? tell us what to expect or, or you know, like, yeah. what happens because you just never know. Like, I mean, for the longest time, I just assumed that, oh, if a girl's, like, married and she, like, barfs, that means she's pregnant that was like this thing in my head yeah and like when I was when I was a child I thought like um if you held hands with with the boy (laughs) and what happened with me was I actually held hands because I went to a co-ed school like in in the international and I remember I think it was like while we were playing like basketball or something 
something ridiculous, but um, I was, I had to, I ended up holding someone's hand. And one of the mm. boys had like shoved me. So he had like touched my shoulder and in my head, I was like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, can yeah. you imagine me as an the 11 trauma? year old just completely traumatized? Yeah. <laughs> but it was, uh, it's, I mean, I feel like people just need to explain that further, you know, like um, it should be an honest, open conversation where you can ask questions. And if yeah. you're uncomfortable asking your mom, then you should, go up to like a trusted adult or at least someone who's been married for like a while you know not like your best friend who just got married like two days before you did and you're just like yeah. so <laughs> what is a marriage like and she's like yeah. I don't know I'm still figuring yeah, yeah, it out yeah yeah, yeah. But, but you know yeah. what I think like um I don't know about Pakistan but like I know elsewhere education is like really like they do have health class and stuff and like you know you do learn a lot about like yeah all of that stuff yeah. um but I remember like when we were living in Canada and in like grade six and they wanted to teach us health class mm-hmm. and they would like send out like forms to your parents to like sign if you're if they're okay with it yeah for consent and, yeah my parents never give consent to it right. but but like I think in grade seven you didn't have to get no grade eight I think you don't have to get consent like by then you just like you have to learn which makes so, sense um, yeah. yeah yeah so in grade eight I definitely did like learn about it um yeah but i don't know about pakistani school they do have like a oh for sure no they don't honey they don't i suggested one and pakistani girls get married at like 19 like i cannot imagine what they knew and what they don't know (laughs) yeah like i'm i mean i'm gonna be honest i'm like i i'm 28 i still don't know most things but that's because i choose not to know i mean it's not like i i i mean i can find out if i want Mm -hmm. i just i just don't want to but Mm -hmm. it's just um like health class is not a it's I feel like it should be though it should be a very huge thing because there are families that have like um I mean I'm not, I'm not gonna say families but there are couples that have been like broken up because the boy was uh impotent oh yeah 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 and they and they would only blame it on the girl and the girl would just take it because like yeah, yeah it is my fault it's it's not yeah. honey it's it's really not it's a medical That's problem it can be looked into yeah, I'm and sure also, you as a doctor must have seen that. Yeah. Also, girls that end up getting married to somebody that's gay and they legitimately don't understand that this person is gay and they think like it's their fault that they're not like perform like you know what I mean like yeah 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 their own personal mistake that yeah. this guy is not able to love them or whatever that is like one of the most depressing and scary situations I can imagine because like you know you, you just feel like so much self hate because like you know I can't even imagine it's so sad. So, yeah. um, yeah, and they don't know because they don't have that much education, like, oh, you know, like, what could be the problem? Like, you just never think about it. Yeah, there should be things. I remember, like, the, I was, where I was interning at ACT, um, they used to have, like, these workshops for newlywed couples or, like, um, fiancés, where they could, like, come in with their, with their, you know, their fiancé and be like, oh, let's take this workshop. So they could, like, talk about, like, you know, um emotional barriers or or other things as well with sort of like an unbiased open healthy discussion about everything on under the table on the table so yeah I I feel like we need that like um I remember I was I was and the one thing that really concerns me is that people don't know the concept of consent oh yeah that really bugs me and and that was highlighted in like Bridgerton as well because Anthony was so crazy um thinking that Simon had taken advantage of his sister and it's like one it was just a kiss two yeah. she 
kissed him like she went because she clearly wants it and this is what i didn't like about anthony because even th- and i understand the pressures on him because he's like the oldest guy and his dad isn't there and he's just worried about his sisters because he has so many sisters and and he knows there's like a certain level um that he needs to uphold but but uh but morale if you think about it if he hadn't said like you marry my sister now they probably wouldn't have gotten married like you know what i mean because simon was that's really, true like, that's true hell-bent on not getting married to her oh my god that like one day two three days leading up to their marriage it seemed like simon wanted to kill himself and even her like she seemed <laughs> like she was so stressed i know they like talk it out after and they like understand yeah. that there was communication but yeah. like i'm just saying that they seem like they were not like wanting to get married but ultimately because of anthony <laughs> i guess she did uh go with what her heart wanted like you know she because i feel like if anthony didn't like come in the middle she would have ended up saying yes to the prince who i actually really liked by the way that was a sweet guy like i mean he the was prince very was sweet yeah, yeah, and it's like rejection as well. Like he was just like, okay, yeah. But I, I hated it. the guy, the the first guy that Anthony just approved of. What was oh, his yeah. name? Oh my god, Pembroke. Yeah, yeah. You know who, who you reminded me of? He reminded me of Mr. Bingley, but on steroids. Oh my <laughs> well, god, prejudice. Right. Mm-hmm. Wait, not Mr. Bingley. Was it Mr. Bingley? Are you talking about from um from Jane Austen's uh Pride yeah, and Prejudice? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. What's the cousin's yeah, name? Who's really yeah, pompous? Yeah. The pompous cousin. I think you got it right. Yeah. The prince was like the, oh my God, I'm forgetting the character's names. Miss Jalala would like kill me if she heard this right now. Was it Charlie? No, it wasn't Charlie. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to. Anyway, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. But yeah, I I frankly loved it. I loved Lady Danbury the most. Honestly, hands down favorite character. I love her. She she did not pay heed to whatever like Simon's dad was saying. She did not. Um, and even when like Simon was being born, she yelled at her at the at the dad. She's just like, "You're not there. At least let me be there." And he like purposely. He was a terrible man. Yeah, you know, it was. was he was just a terrible man. It was so he didn't upsetting. Even let the woman hold the baby, and so yeah. she like passed away in childbirth without even touching her child. That was so That's sad. Like, so depressing, and and I feel like she she was so nice. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Collins. Oh, Collins. Collins. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just looking yeah. it up. Mr. Bingley was the nice one. I feel like the prince right. was a lot like Mr. Bingley, you know, like gullible, sweet, mm-hmm. understanding. Um, But yeah, like uh, Collins was like the pompous cousin, which is like the first proposal. And this is where Anthony pissed me off because Anthony just could not be bothered. Like, I felt like he was trying, he was treating Daphne as like this burden, like this. Mm-hmm. She get me like, she was like this lump before yeah. and he wanted to get rid of her before this benign lump be- became malignant yeah like, i get it like yeah like weird. we have yeah, yeah like we've got think, so many siblings mm-hmm. i think that like his arc was a little bit like i like how when once the mom like yells at him and like straightens him out like she's like oh you know like you're you're the one that's disgracing the family by like yeah. just being whatever yeah and yeah then, like and then he like kind of changes his tune like he does like start remember when the prince proposed like he proposed to anthony and then he came in their room yeah and he was like i'm only gonna do whatever you want like he's like i'm just telling yeah. you like oh the he proposed or whatever but it, now it's up to you like you say yes now you you don't yeah. say yes it's yeah. your choice like, you know so i do like i did see that his character grew but like ultimately i didn't like him either because he just like reminded me of like any like 
I don't have older brothers, but like I have like a kind of like a thought in my head that maybe older brothers turn like that. Like, yeah. you know, they get like really aggressive or like, you know, they just like want to make sure everything happens smoothly and like the, the younger sisters get married off or whatever. Yeah. So like, I think he kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> but, um, but again, that's like, I, I don't have an older brother, so I'm just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. I don't have an older brother. With like, you know, my cousins and like whatever. So like, I just feel weird about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, I understand where he's coming. That's the thing. Like I, ugh, I understand where he's coming from. I yeah. did. I obviously I disliked the way he went about it, but I like that he he was singing. Especially. Yeah, I like that he was singing a different tune. You know, like um after his mom yeah. like had a conversation with him and she reminded him like you know just because your father's dead doesn't mean that I'm dead as well. Like I'm still the matriarch of the family and I'm still here and alive and kicking. So yeah, I mean I just I loved all the siblings. They were so funny. But Simon was one of the best characters. I like that they gave him like an arc and it was it was great. You know, like he had a stuttering disability and I and I love I don't love this, but I like that the, the stutter came out when he was like flustered because of Daphne. It did mm. come out. It came out for like right. a moment and you're just like, oh, oh that's oh. so cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind, kind of reminded me of like when Diego started stuttering in Umbrella Academy season two. When like um right. when their dad was just like what are you doing he's like well, yeah oh my god at that point I just wanted to kill Reginald I was just like how dare you upset my Diego so right. yeah. yeah Bridgerton was great I feel like it was it was a good um it was it was a I mean honestly like it started off pretty slow but then it gave you a chance to sort of like you know attach yourself to the characters and get to know them a little bit better mm-hmm. but what was hilarious was yeah, lady whistle down right right yeah do you want to tell our listeners who lacy with lady whistle down was oh my god yes even though i didn't watch the last two episodes but i did read about it because i was researching it yeah um so it was penelope stop <laughs> it was it was penelope yeah. i honestly like i like for me it was between eloise and like penelope i, I honestly thought that it was going to be either her or like the other really <laughs> yeah yeah because i you know why i thought it was eloise because like i uh felt like she was like she was getting very upset and stuff like I, I don't know like I just felt like it was her <laughs> and she was part of everything like you know she was in every like uh, meeting and every like whatever and then like the way they talked about like other people it just felt like it would be her but then yeah. but most of but like mostly I thought it was Eloise to be honest like you know yeah 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 same I thought it would be Eloise honestly I love how Eloise <laughs> went after her own house staff and she thought that oh, the, yeah. the head of the house staff was um Lady Whistledown and she started laughing she's mm-hmm. like Eloise I cleaned your nappies when you were a baby yeah. um do you really think I have time do you know how many things you have to do in the house at that point yeah. I was like okay yeah clear and that's when like Eloise was like can't be a house staff member can't be can't be yeah. they don't have time <laughs> it was yeah. just so cute like she was so it was just, it was very cute. I love that she was secretly smoking um, on the swings and she was there with her yeah. brother and he, she found a confidant in her, in him. And yeah. she, she actually family, said things to him. The family right? were really nice. The family, like they were, her brothers were so nice. Her, like, I wish they showed her and Daphne have a better relationship, but they kind of didn't. Um, but the, uh, like, 
the siblings were so cute like I thought they were like a normal like family like I kind of found them very relatable and like they were sweet to each other and stuff and they were just ultimately looking out for each other I guess and I know Eloise was like kind of upset like the way Daphne had to be showcased and like you know you know like get married like that and like Daphne kept saying that she's doing it for her younger sisters but honestly was she doing it for her younger sisters I think because it was again like the same thing she's the oldest sister she's the oldest daughter this is this is something that I had a very um long discussion with uh with Zainab about as well Mm -hmm. and uh with my sister Noel um as well that like the oldest sister just feels like I mean it's not by choice you just you feel like society needs you to be a certain way and you yeah. get upset at the situation, you get upset at the context things are being taken into and then you feel they need to like let it out by like talking to someone about it or or I don't know, like making fun of it. Like I personally, I know for a fact that if I'm very upset about something, I just need like a good rant session and then I'm over it. Like yeah. I'll think about it and, and I'll think about it in terms of like, oh, ha ha ha, this was funny or oh, ha ha, let's reflect on it. Unless it's something that's really, really like bruised and damaged me on the inside. So yeah, I feel like it's because like Daphne was the oldest, um, the oldest uh, girl. But what I loved about Eloise was that she did not care. Like when I, I immediately fell in love with this character the minute she came onto screen because she turns around and she's like, Daphne, you must make haste. It was like, it was just amazing where she was like, she just could not be bothered with this. Like she knew her yeah. sister was being showcased. But she's like, can you just like get it over with? Because this is such a sham. Yeah. It's so stupid. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Did you know Eloise's character in real life? She's thirty five years old, and <gasps> Daph- or thirty one. Sorry, that was too much. Thirty one no years old, and Daphne is twenty five years old. So no she was like way, Eloise. Yeah. No way. That's I amazing. Know. I was so shocked myself. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah, and even uh, Penelope is like in her thirties. I think she was like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I was watching their interviews and I was just like, oh my god, Penelope feels like you know the sassy person that I'd have at like work, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I have people who are like in their thirties and they're at work, so it's just it was really interesting. Um, did yeah. you know that who Lady Whistledown's uh who who had voiced the character? No, Julie Andrews, the Queen no of way. Genovia. Yeah. Oh my god, that is insane! Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, wow. <laughs> it's her. It was Mary Poppins who was who was doing it. It was crazy. Like as soon as it started, I was just like, all I could hear was just like, when a royalty is never late, everyone is simply early. That's all that was in my head, and I was like, oh, that makes right. sense because it's Julie who's like <laughs> oh uh, voicing the characters. Yeah, yeah. it was it no was way. crazy. But I'm I'm looking forward to season two. Honestly, whenever season yeah. two comes out. You know what I really appreciated? Um, they didn't make a big deal about like race or whatever, but, yeah, but like yeah. it was like a utopia. You know, like there were mm-hmm. black and white people just like like living normally, like the way it should be. Like you know, yeah, nobody was like pointing it out. Like nobody said like, oh, Marina is different because she's you know mm-hmm. like of a different skin color or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't like based on that. And I really like that one speech that um I don't know who gave um was it the was it Lady Danbury? I don't. Remember. It was Lady Danbury. Yeah, when she was like, yeah. oh, like, you know, love, like, changes everything, Um, that, like, an African-American lady got to be queen because, like, you know, she fell yeah. in love with uh, her king and, like, and you know, was... and it fixed everything, like, and now, like, he's a duke and, like, everything, so yeah. I thought that was, like, 
like a really cool way that Shonda like made the show like you know without bringing race in like the forefront but like also showing what a utopia like what a normal society could be like if mm-hmm. everyone was just normal and chill yeah and um, yeah so I really like that yeah I thought that was great I mean that speech actually like that was a really good speech where she was like talking to Simon and then the one line that she said was just like and then everything changed because the king fell in love with one of us yeah and at that point I was like oh I like that they're bringing this in I I really like the representation as well mm-hmm. and she was just she was just such a wonderful character oh my god I love her she she reminds me of this person that we have in like in Jutta. um I actually met her like at a party <laughs> just two days ago and I was telling her auntie you need to watch Bridgerton there's a character who reminds me so much of you but then I just watch the first episode though don't watch the whole thing because it'll like traumatize your head <laughs> she's like what <laughs> okay <laughs> but yeah shout out to say that to you she's listening <laughs> but yeah this is crazy um all right so like what what do you want to like okay in terms of all of this how do you feel I mean we've been we have been talking about anxiety for a while like did you see any of like as a doctor, did you see any of the any of the characters like displaying signs of anxiety or social anxiety um, mm-hmm. or fears of commitment? Um, okay, so I would say like I thought like Daphne was exhibiting a lot of signs of anxiety, like because mm-hmm. you know, uh, you could see her like her character was just like unable to sleep at night, like she was always stressed, like um, and th- honestly, her whole character arc was just like about getting married like honestly like I didn't see her like talk about anything else or like try to like you know be anybody else like it was just like one goal that she had set and I feel like that's like kind of like a sign of anxiety like where when you can't like really think about anything else and you just have one thought in your head and it's like constantly like eating away at you and so like she had that a little bit and um let me see any other characters um I would say like Simon probably had like repressed depression or something because he was like pretty (laughs) like um he was like pretty his childhood was pretty messed up and I'm pretty sure he just never got any closure because his dad passed away like you know yeah and he just like never met his dad again like I think he like lived in a different country right the whole time um I don't remember but from what I understand I think he was like traveling when his dad passed yeah 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 so he like yeah he never got like any kind of closure so he must have had he must have some issues too but like I know like regarding anxiety I would just say like Daphne was probably the prime example of like you just constantly kept seeing her looking nervous and worried yeah like I mean she she did represent one of the four d's you know like so the four d's of like for for something to be labeled as abnormal are like deviance dysfunction stress and danger and this is what Daphne was doing because she was exhibiting things that were literally causing dysfunction in her life and her relationships and um, even her yeah. thought processes. Like she wasn't really like able to think. And I feel mm-hmm. like, so the one thing that I, that I like that they highlighted in Bridgerton um, that I feel like they should do more in like, not just marriages today, but like even just general friendships and like um, work relationships is to have like open communication. Yeah, It's just, just tell him how I mean it bugs me I was just like if Simon had just told her that hey my father was a pretty terrible human being mm-hmm. I hate him and out mm-hmm. of spite just despite this man's um existence and soul I told him on his dying bed that you know what 
the name's gonna die with me because I'm not gonna father a child. And but, okay, that shock killed him. Moral. Imagine yeah. if you were trying to woo someone, you would not start with the story, bro. That's a really I mean you wouldn't. But I guess that's what's different. Someone like I feel like now if I meet anyone at like, let's say if I go to um even Starbucks or Tim Hortons and I and I see someone sitting on their own and I decide to have a conversation with them, I know that they're gonna open up about like their tragic, um, their tragic story or you know, something that really impacted them um hard, like something that was so, I don't know, like a a story of a broken heart or you know the one who got away or like you know the scholarship that they had to lose I mean let's be educational about this as well because people do get depressed when they couldn't go to the university they wanted to go to or um get into the career that they wanted to go to and people just bond over um tragedy and trauma now I feel and and that's not a good sign but I guess it's one step towards like at least they're having open communication mm-hmm. and this is what I don't know. I feel like Simon could have, okay, after he was married, he could have had a conversation with her about this, where he's just like, I don't mind if you change things in the house. This was not a home for me to begin with. And then that would have started a conversation like, oh, where'd you grow up? I grew up with like Lady Danbury because my father thought I was, um, you know, a piece of garbage because of my stutter, which is terrible. But how cute was the tiny Simon man? How cute was he? He was so cute. He was adorable. (laughs) He's like, yes, ma'am. Yes. And he's like, and he's just like, and he's shaking his, he's nodding along to everything Lady Danbury's saying off the checklist. And she's like, then why the hell is the house staff like surprised that he's still alive? Like what is going on? And Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I really Uh, enjoyed that show. (laughs) Me too. Yeah, I guess I I enjoyed it too. Okay, so let me tell you what I actually okay. So when you suggested to watch Bridgerton, I was like completely against it because I personally hate shows that are set in like a Victorian era or like Mm -hmm. you know those period dramas because I just cannot get into it. I feel like they're just like a lot slower and they're just like "Eh," you know I don't find them relatable. But like this show because when I was younger I used to watch Gossip Girl like when I right right when it first started coming out I think I was like finishing off high school and I was starting college I like or in high school when it started we were in high school man we were in high school when Gossip Girl came out. I love Gossip Girl. So, like, this show kind of had, like, that vibe to it. You know, with Lazy Lady uh, Whistledown. Like, she was kind of right. like the Gossip Girl. Yeah. Like, Christian Bell, I think, was the narrator. She was like that. Yeah. Um, so, I that that part I really liked. And I guess the show was a... It had, like, a really beautiful cast. So, I think I really enjoyed that about uh, Bridgerton as well. And I honestly, like, it wasn't that bad. It was kind of cute and funny. And, like, I liked the family, like, dynamics in it. Yeah. It was, like, you know, can, can I tell you one terrible thing that happened in the last last episode, though? What? Okay, so you know how um, Mr. Featherington or Sir Featherington, I'm forgetting what his name was, but like Lady Featherington's husband? Yeah. He was in like financial debt and he... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you watched that part where... I'm forgetting if it was like in episode six or episode five, where um, he basically asked Simon's friend, the boxer, to rig the match so that he could yeah. bet on on him losing and and he would gain a lot of money and then he would split the you know the the riches with him uh-huh. did you watch that part i didn't know that he asked the friend i did watch the boxing match but i didn't remember it like I oh didn't know so that he yeah so he he had asked for it to be rigged and he he said that you know um lose the fight because you have a wife you have kids and 
you're base and he basically talked logic to him. He's like, you know, you're basically getting your hand to mouth at this point with the with the riches you're getting from every single fight. So just just do this for me and I'll bet and you know like I'll bet an increase an insanely crazy amount that people will agree with me because you're such a good boxer and once you throw the match um they'll be surprised and you know whatever so it turns out Mr. Featherington owed um a really important person money and Mm -hmm. he was out celebrating so what happened was after they came back from the concert in the last episode um, Featherington had not joined them at the at the concert because he was just like I'm gonna go out celebrating and he obviously went to like a brothel or whatever um, and that's when he was like drunk and started stammering into he was coming into this room and he's like oh what's what's here and the and the lady was like only the best for you sir and like she he goes in and he turns around to see like three really angry men oh god yeah and then that's it like that's where the scene ends but then um and then it cuts and then cut to when the Federatons return home to see all their staff members just standing in one place and like their version of the police there to basically inform inform them that Featherington has been found murdered oh my god no way yeah so um it was it was obviously after Penelope had already like delivered her piece and she was like she was in honestly she was she was a wreck by the end of it like and I felt so bad for her I was like oh my god she lost her dad she lost love of her life she lost her only friend who was Marina and at least she has Eloise back but um but yeah she hasn't obviously uh, told that lazy yeah was Penelope was Penelope getting money as Lady Whistledown like was she getting paid See, this is the thing. Um, I had a conversation about this with like some of my some of my friends and like my cousins, and there might be a benefactor. There might be someone who's like you know financing all of this, but we don't know who it is. And this is why you have to stay tuned for season two. <laughs> all right. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel so bad now that the feathering tins are gonna be like forced to go into yeah. you know that neighborhood that she showed Marina where all the poor people were living yeah so yeah that would be really they might have to go there yeah because um their house is in they are in debt and um the one thing lady featherington does which i thought was pretty shit of her do honestly and that just tells you how much of a loveless marriage it was when she found out she was upset and obviously she was like you know like panting and her daughters were her priority but she ran to see if the money was still there and the money was not there and the the thing so someone had like killed them and taken all the money as well damn so, oh god yeah. that sucks yeah well okay i guess season two is we're gonna have to watch that too <laughs> yeah i i i mean i loved it i thought it was crazy crazy yeah. drama like it took up it so like by season by episode four i was kind of like oh my god bridgerton is like you know this this mix of gossip girl and pride and prejudice in in a high production poorly plotted um Thing. like what is this yeah. but then obviously by the end of it I was like oh no it's definitely you know a mix of Pride Prejudice and Gossip Girl but and it is a big budget but it's actually a really interesting plot like I did not see that coming mm-hmm. so yeah yeah oh and another thing that okay so I said that I don't like period dramas I also yeah. don't like high school dramas I can't <laughs> watch them anymore because I think I'm too old and I just can't and the new generation of high schoolers their lives are so different than 
anything I can even relate to. Yeah. So like, I just can't, I can't watch high school shows. It's not even high school that they're doing. It's just, I mean, I remember when I was watching Riverdale, I was like, what is this show? Okay, Riverdale so is something bad. completely like off the charts. Like they've tried to include like, you know, urban myths and like, I don't know, yeah. fantasy, like weird, I don't know. It's a weird combination of, I have no idea what, <laughs> like it's just, <laughs> it's not a great show it's not a great show at all it's so bad but I I I must admit that I do I do like I I really do like some high school shows like I'm very selective with it though but right now I'm finishing off Teen Wolf which is something I just wanted to get off my bucket list no judgment people please um but the one high school show that I really enjoyed which was super clean and super cute it felt like original Disney to me was um Julian the Phantoms Oh yeah, yeah. You've talked it's, about that. I before. love Julie and the Phantoms. I it was so cute. I used to watch it, but you know, <laughs> it's a cute show. <laughs> I want to review it on the podcast, but mm-hmm. yeah, like I mean, I I really enjoy Julie and the Phantoms. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cute. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so someone, ooh, I like your mug. What does it say? Um. It, it's the same Harry Potter mug. I think I've uh, like used it before. Yeah. But it just says, don't let the muggles get you down. That's true. That's true. Mine mm-hmm. says meow or never. Oh, that is so cute. Are you also drinking like normal tea? I'm drinking green tea. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I was drinking like normal like black tea or Lipton. Mm. Yeah, I'm having Lipton as well, but I'm, I'm having like the green tea. Mm-hmm. And it says, Kulal tamam bidun. I don't even know what happened to my Arabic, by the way. Like it was, it was, uh, it wasn't good Arabic, but it was passable. Like I was able to have like small talk conversations with people at weddings and at events, but now my Arabic is just so bad. Oh my God, Moral, I've literally told everyone I know that you speak proficient Arabic. Well, that is a lie. <laughs> I've literally like advertised you to my friends as somebody that can speak Arabic. That's insane. I mean, my brothers can speak Arabic fluently. Um, I I understand Arabic. This is the thing. I understand social circles. You speak Arabic fluently. (laughs) Oopsies. Yeah. (laughs) Oh no no no. (laughs) Um. No. I mean, I did. I'm gonna be honest. Like, I was I was getting okay with Arabic. Like when I was in uni. And then when I was working, it just came into into play more because I was I su- I would surprise myself with how much I would understand. Um, <laughs> but then I went to Pakistan and it all flew out the window. Right, <laughs> like all I remember is like the weird things I came up with, like oh, which means talk to the hand, like literally. And then mm-hmm. um, another thing I would say was like which is like oh, you're a cow brain. Oh my god, that is so funny. And this is something I made up. Like I just say it. <laughs> like, like I wouldn't say the traditional um, you know, slang uh cuss words or whatever. I'd just be like, oh mukhal bagara, like, oh this cow brain. Yeah, this no. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we need All to right. like edit that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then um I think we're done, right? <laughs> yeah, I think we are. Um I hope this doesn't drag on too long and yeah. uh see you let me see how long we've been talking for oh an hour and 13 minutes i love it <laughs> 13 or 30 13 13 okay okay yeah, i i hope it's bad. i hope this is like more lighthearted than indian matchmaking which got pretty intense like i'm yeah. gonna lie i had to take a shower because i was really <laughs> upset <laughs> with everything that came out <laughs> yeah. so yeah um 
I think like I feel like we've kind of changed the format of our podcast. It's mostly like us reviewing shows now, and uh, and talking. And, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. I kind of like this. It just I like, like it. if it's you fine. guys want like a review of your favorite Netflix show, let us know. Yeah, we will binge <laughs> it because that's all we need to do right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, Thanks yeah. to the pandemic, honestly, like we're like I think by now, like we would have had more like life experiences or anything or something you know like traveled a little bit or like we'd have more stories to tell but like i really think everything has been put on a pause and honestly we just really need to talk to each other once in a while and this is perfect right this is perfect honestly i mean obviously we'll stick to like our format of like um relating it to Mm -hmm. like mental and medical health and and talk about the current ongoings but it's nice i mean i feel like you know our last our last show was pretty heavy so yeah. it, it, this is a also, nice like play thing. <laughs> like currently, like I was literally because I wanted to come up with like news se- uh, segments for today. And I was looking through the news and I could not find anything interesting. Everything <laughs> seems to be the same. Like, you know, coronavirus is still ra- like raging across the world. Um, the vaccines are out. But like, you know, uh, UK's in lockdown, lockdowns yeah. prevent like lockdowns like, maybe happening lockdowns other places. Canada, there's um the capitol hill thing oh those people are getting arrested now that's great like you know all the insurrection thing that mr trump uh started um (laughs) those people are getting arrested i heard that they're gonna be put on like a no-fly list and they're not allowed to travel anymore which is pretty good like i don't want them in our country so good (laughs) i don't think they'd be coming to the middle east at all (laughs) (laughs) that's true and what else um yeah everything is just like depressing like you know there's still bad things happening to the muslims in camps in china um there's yeah it's just like everything is the same like i i mean honestly like i couldn't find anything that was interesting and like you know that would that i want on our nice podcast our friendly podcast (laughs) with a little teacup (laughs) exactly yeah yeah but let's end it on like the um, do you want to talk about the funniest meme or joke you might have heard this week? Honestly, um, nope, because I can't think of anything. <laughs> did oh my you God. hear anything funny? Yes, I did. And I think it should be illegal with how, how funny it was. <laughs> um, let me just get it out. It was so funny. I was scrolling through Instagram as where, you know, this is what I do normally. But mm-hmm. it was, it was, um, I followed this page called Hubba Soda on, uh, on Instagram and they basically post the funniest memes of the week and I laughed so much at um the best Muslim breakup line is I pray to Stahara. <laughs> oh my god that is so funny <laughs> oh yeah that is that is a fact it's so true yeah <laughs> it is so true because I feel like that's like one of those things it's like you know it's like one of those like um my mom said I can't come out and play with you my mom right, said right. no it's like it's like yeah. a double-edged sword but it's like the best double-edged sword out there yeah so yeah because yeah. you can't argue against it like are you gonna <laughs> argue with god no yeah. <laughs> you're gonna believe what they're saying and you're yeah. just gonna have to deal with it <laughs> yeah and you have like you can't even doubt a person for saying it so i thought it was mm-hmm. so funny like i legit had to put my phone down and hold my face and like laugh because it was so <laughs> funny um <laughs> like, yeah all All right right. um okay bye guys bye coconuts